0: Hello and welcome to Side Dish, a podcast about Longmont. All the stuff you want to know, and very little that you really need to know. Very little. I'm Eric Ozempa,
1: and I'm Brady Steffel. All
0: right, thanks for joining us in this week for another edition of Side Dish. Brady, how's things going? How's, how's your things? Day? How's
1: things good? Things are good. Yeah. The um, quiet weekend. Watch more playoff football. We'll not dive I mean, too deep, but you become
0: uh, like a football like like. I think I can watch like, super fan, huh?
1: Three weeks of football a year. Nice, that's that's nice. the right amount. So yeah. I'm rooting for the Chiefs now after that cookie green a uh, week ago. So Very cool. That's all I really need to say yeah, about that. No,
0: it was uh, I, actually shapes have to be a good Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I probably shouldn't say that because you're not allowed to say Super Bowl. The big game. Oh. You know, it's trademarked, so.
1: Oh, probably kind yeah. Of no, nice, no, they will because yeah. this is recorded <laughs> without the express written consent of the NFL. <laughs> the NFL yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, it seems like it's supposed to warm up a little bit this week, so Beautiful I'm really day. excited about that. Hopefully, it will melt some of the ice sheet that is my backyard. Yeah,
1: I was just up at the UPS pack and ship, and uh, there was there must have been a bowling ball-sized block of ice just right in the middle of it. I know. What the heck? I was giant, like, how giant. is this still here? Um, before we dive too deep, I did yeah. want to say that I would like very much for people to send in stuff from around Longmont if they have anything to inform us about. Because I do feel like we tunnel into our little area, the things that we drive past and think are super cool. And I went and drove around today as much as I could, trying to figure out what was going on out there in town. And it's like, I, you know, I'm not out in Clover Basin often enough to say like, oh, that's new.
0: You don't know Clover Basin. Like. Just not You're, like it's the, not your forte. Not
1: You're, like the back of my hand. As oh, come say. on. no, yeah.
0: It's actually really good. Yeah, actually, <laughs> really fantastic segue. So we yeah. actually heard from Kathy, mm. um, who is a, a listener, longtime listener, right? All 18 shows to thereabouts. But, oh, wow, we got that many? Uh, <laughs> God, people yeah. must be bored. I will tell you, wait a second. Before that, drum roll, please, but a 1,000... A thousand listens so far to our podcast. Jeez, well, big monumental, that's, uh, that's amazing uh, milestone. Pretty cool. But anyway, Kathy wrote us um, because she wanted to talk about the store bibliotech. Remember, I said and the book and the people that sign yeah. that's on Third Avenue. And so she gave me a little bit of reference to it. She said um, they sold all kinds of reference books and technical books. In fact, she purchased a few in the pre-internet, pre-Google days. She still has some of them. Um, the sign originally read "Technical Books for Industry and the People." Oh, I never even knew that. Well, I, certainly I knew it said "Technical Books and the People," but yeah. I don't remember the industry part being there. I
1: will say that the the thing has sort of a dystopian vibe to it, where you're just like going through this broken down, <laughs> it and it's like former days,
0: former glory, and but you know. It's sort of a
2: <laughs> it does it really does
0: um, she says she loves the podcast it gives her a reason to look forward to Monday and she usually listens to it when she's driving to Boulder on her work on Monday morning so oh. we thank her for listening yeah thank you yeah and again if anybody else has some comments um, info at sidedishlongmont.org is our email address that's so yeah
1: really really because I do want to know what's going out there yep. uh, on out there in the rest of the town we focus so much on Main Street and the culture because so much is going on around here yeah. Boom.
0: Absolutely. So let us know, um, and then you can also ping us on our website at uh, sidedishlongmont.org, um, org. That is, and anywhere else to get a hold of us. Uh, let's do the buzz. Let's go. All right. So first of all, the thing that uh, my wife Sandy just heard about today is that the Rogers Grove Community Garden is going to be changing into a pollinator garden. So they're trying. Oh. They're going to close those plots down. I guess Growing Gardens who manages the gardens in town as well as the ones in Longmont, um, they've experienced a lot of theft in those garden plots. Really? So it's really sad that they're Man. they're People. changing them to a pollinator garden. And in fact we will have Megan on from Growing Gardens oh. um next week. Awesome. Or the following week, I can't remember which, but she is Coming on the program, and so we'll be talking about this a little bit, as well as garden plots, too, as well, being be, that we're getting kind of close to figuring out when... I actually volunteered industry.
1: for Growing Gardens a little bit, went out there and, and helped them plant lettuce and dig weeds nice. and stuff. Yeah, so But
0: that, that kind of made me sad. It was kind of bittersweet.
1: It's yeah, kind of, I mean, people can be real ding-dongs. You know, I don't know who's out there, if they're people who really need it or people just being jerks, but it's like, man, come on. Yeah, it just seems really odd. Going like on another way to, to like buy a plot because they probably don't have space in their house. Yeah. And then yeah. people mess with it. That makes me really sad.
0: Um, my other thing, too, is the Performing <laughs> Arts Study is coming along soon. We talked about the Performing Arts slash Convention Center kind of thing. And the study is soon to be finalized or wrapped up and then at least phase one. And they're going to present that to council coming up here soon. And um, that's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know anything about it. Um, we'll see. I mean, as I was driving around today, I noticed how many... Um. Uh. the places where you... you hotels. <laughs> how many <laughs> hotels have been built? Oh, that's pretty difficult. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah no, I just like realized it. how many hotels have been built uh, recently, and it's like, I wonder what the tourist numbers are. I should look that up. But it, yeah. it does seem like there's a need for that now, and I wonder if that translates into need for... Performing arts and that kind of, you know. I don't know.
0: It's going to be fascinating. We'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah, yeah I'm I mean, glad that,
1: you know, there's a study up front and they just don't go like
0: guns blazing.
1: We're, yeah, exactly. we're buying land
0: and we're building. Exactly. Think it out. Um, you have an update about the, I'm going to call it Colorado Stone Apartments for a better, yeah. for lack of a better yeah, expression. Yeah, let's
1: call it the, no. uh, the Stone Vista.
0: Yeah, the Stone Vista. <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs> You're just making that yeah, up. Yeah, no, that's um, not the real name. Yeah.
1: No, I called up there again because uh, I called up there last year and said, hey, what's going on? Because there was a proposed project up there to build yeah. up, like like a five-story thing on five acres. Colorado Stone, if you don't know, is like on the 1600 block of Maine, and it's been there for 71 years. So they have had this parcel land forever, and there is a monumental amount of stone back there. Uh, and I, so I called back okay. and I said, I just drove by your place again today and I didn't see a lot of movement. And he, I mean, he went on a a whole thing about, well, you know, this and that, this and that, and this and that. And he said, yeah, the the developer still wants to do this. So I didn't find it on the active development page, but I I talked to someone at Colorado Stone and he said, they're still planning to move. They've got their place. Um, They're hoping in the next month. It's kind of the thing that I heard last time. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. a month away, you know?
1: Yeah. So we'll see. There could still be another five-story one there. Maybe the same thing's going on in the Boston Station ones, whatever. I don't know. That's all speculation. But um,
0: if any of this stuff gets built, that's still so many units. It's just unbelievable. But I guess the, the one thing that we can report, or at least has been reported, is the fact that the Stone Group is moving out. Yeah. So something will eventually go there. Yeah, and if you've never it.
1: been, if you go in there, it's it's unbelievable. Because you're on Main Street, and Main Street's so packed full. And you go, oh, there's this just tiny little storefront, and there's the framing place and a couple other places. And you go behind it, and it's like the entire block belongs
2: there. Yeah, it's, it's huge, wild.
0: So there's Bassett Carpet just to the north of them, and then I'm just trying to give our listeners a little bit more locale. So the Bassett Carpet, and then to the south is like a there's a mechanic's place, and then as Brady was saying, there's Creative Framer and that whole strip. Yeah, model and Brooklyn that's Jelly. Yeah, I exactly. Think, and, down yeah, that it's way. right yeah. In there. So it's just pretty so amazing. Pretty Just amazing space, though. Um, and then you you investigated and found out we have a Longmont food brand. Yeah, we, we do, apparently. Um, are you getting residuals on that? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. No, I called him up. I said, what do you get if I plug this for you? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Eric and I are speculating about this, but I was online looking for uh, buzz items on Facebook because I've been on the WhatsApp Facebook uh, group once in a while. And as I punched in Longmont and done it, this page with 67,000 members popped up. I said, wow, this is cool. I should check this out. And it was written all in Spanish. And I thought, oh, neat. It's going to be a cultural bastion of of Longmont, like this other section of society that I don't have access to. And I'm really proud. And then it's like, yeah, it is the, (laughs) it's Longmont Foods is what it is. And it's Longmont is one of the most recognized brands throughout the northwestern Mexico region, according to the website. So we have a food brand named after our city that operates and is popular in northwestern Mexico, and it offers a delicious variety of great-tasting turkey products ideal for grilling.
0: And for me, it probably just harkens back to the turkey factory or plant that had been here for a long, long time, and I'm guessing they just kept whoever it is who owns the brand. I think you said it was Bar-L or... Yeah, it was Bar-S. There's a bunch of... Bar-S, yeah, who probably still owns the name of the brand, and so I'm guessing that... I didn't know that it still kind of existed as a brand. Right, fascinating. I couldn't
1: yeah. have told you. Yeah, they have uh, turkey hot dogs and t- turkey ham. I'm guessing it's a turkey yeah. and materials based product, as uh, is often served in the when, when I worked in Hyvee Deli up north. <laughs> we had a Hyvee. We had yeah. a ham like a ham product that we <laughs> put in the sandwiches because it's a turkey product. In the, yeah, the style exactly. of ham. Yeah, she used to have
0: a turkey loaf. My parents used yeah. to make a turkey loaf or a turkey roast that was frozen. You get it in the, in the freezer section of the grocery store, Delicious. and then you put this really packet of gravy on top of yeah. it after you warmed it Delicious. up. It was disgusting. Yeah, yeah, no, not, it's not fun. Cheese yeah. spelled with a Z. Yeah. that kind of exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then finally, <clears throat> I actually subscribe to a magazine called The Week. It's kind of like The Economist light, but they always feature homes. Um, around the country, around the world, actually. And fascinatingly enough, they actually featured Colorado homes, Mm -hmm. and they actually had one from Longmont in it. I just kind of blew me away. It was like, wow. I mean, like, we're on the map. I mean, what they do is they give the sale price of a set home and the description and that sort of thing, and I was just kind of blown away that Longmont was featured. Can you believe some lunatic would pay this price for this house? (laughs) Some of them are, as you can imagine, several millions of dollars yeah. and I was just shocked that longmont was included. Well, in there's so, been houses up. Again, we're just so we're just so fashion forward or so forward here in this town. You know, we're yeah. as uh, smart asset said, you know, that that boom town we have. There you go. Yeah. So we've got a guest coming we up. We do have a guest. We have Brian from the Farmers Market. We will have him uh, coming up. Hello and welcome back in. We are joined by Brian Copham, um, the executive director of the Boulder County Farmers Markets. So, and you got rid of all those apostrophes, huh? So, and uh, yeah. <laughs> we did. It should be easier to spell now. That's right. So tell, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, Brian. Like,
2: where do you hail from and where'd you grow
0: up? And and
2: Yeah. So uh, my father was in the Army. So originally I was born in Germany and we moved to Wyoming when I was four. <laughs> Lived a very exciting life in Torrington, Wyoming. Town of wow. 2,300 people, I think, when we were there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which actually, I, I still love Wyoming. I still love the, those vast spaces and, you know, just the openness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very fond for me. Uh, but then we moved here when I was 11. So I've been here now for 42 years in Boulder County. Okay. Uh, east city of Boulder, out towards Saw Hill Ponds originally. And then, of course, in Boulder as I got older and went to college Stayed there for a while and then moved to Longmont about 17 years ago. Oh,
0: very cool. Why?
2: So what do you like about Longmont? I'm curious. Well, so my moving here was actually a reaction to Boulder uh, because I was renting a house on Pine and 18th. Mm-hmm. And I got a letter in the mail from the city explaining the process I could go through in order to pay for a permit to park on the street in oh, front of my house. Boy, and that was it i was like i'm done i was done you didn't want to park yeah i didn't want to get a pull permit to park. i I don't want to have to pay to park in front of my own house i just don't want to do it so i moved (laughs) to longmont and you know i knew very little about longmont i mean when i was a kid we used to drag yeah i had friends who used to do the dragging here the Mm. what they call it it was the cruising the the cruising thank you Yeah. yeah yeah so I remember that well. That's all I ever really knew about Longmont. Well, now yeah.
1: that's that's for since you were born. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Science, is. science that you can't. You we're can't coming up that. in the world. It,
2: it's tragic. I don't know what my kids are going to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well,
0: moving right along from cruising. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so tell us about like what's going on in the farmers market. Like, what are you excited about right now? And um, what's what's going on in your world?
2: Yeah. So the. You know, the most exciting thing is when we have another successful season, when farmers have another good year and can earn money and try to pay back their expenses of farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully that'll happen this year. I'm a little concerned about snowpack. Right now, it's they're saying the worst that it's been in 30 years. Worst meaning? It's the lowest. Okay. Really? Uh, snowpack is the lowest in Colorado that it's been since they started recording on a regular basis. Uh, so, this is, uh, it, it's a problem, right? Because I think what people don't realize is that we don't have a lot of storage in Colorado. Yeah. We don't have a lot of reservoirs. And so, the way our water stored is it stays in the form of ice in the mountains, and then it slowly releases over the summer. And that being a primary water okay. source, and vegetables take a fair amount of water to grow. Absolutely. And
0: so the the market itself is the the, the season starts and is it in earnest in April? Is that correct? Or yep. Is it always the f- then? Okay. always
2: the first Saturday in April. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, setting aside some concern about water, which may be mitigated later. Then, at least to some extent, uh, the thing that we're really excited about is the increased food access programs that we're going to be able to run. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you're familiar with the specifically the WIC program, Women, Infants, and Children. Mm-hmm. Show your eWIC card, you get $20 in incentives to spend at the market. Mm-hmm. And last year, we were generously funded by the city of Longmont uh, to the tune of about $18,000. And that was exhausted within the first eight weeks of market in a 34 week market season. So before we were even close to getting into any kind of harvest, this was early season harvest. That was gone. Uh, This year, the city has more than doubled that donation. Oh, good for them. Yeah, and then we're also gonna get some money from Boulder County Sustainability through the city and then from Boulder County itself. So we may actually have enough funds to last through the entire season, which could be up to hundred and ten thousand dollars that we'll be able to distribute.
0: That's really cool, and getting kind of healthier
2: foods to
0: low income peoples, and and it mm-hmm. sounds like I think the farmers market. I know the county would used to do some like instructional cooking and that sort of thing. I don't know if the farmers market plays a role in that and mm-hmm. helping to you know teach people how to cook or give them ideas on how to cook certain foods and sort of things.
2: Right. We don't do a chef demo okay. uh, per se at yeah. the market, but we do have an organization that comes in and does healthy cooking kind of recipes. We also have a, a snap cookbook that we put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when I say we, in partnership <laughs> with the county who does the lion's share of work, they, they're absolutely amazing. Uh, they have a cookbook that they put together that really provides easy recipes which is wonderful for anybody right Mm -hmm. if if you're a snap recipient a WIC recipient you get it for free yeah Uh, we also maybe can sell them there's some copyright issues Uh. because some of the recipes have pulled from various places but uh, I think we can all use a little help in remembering how to cook fresh food mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's it's not an issue of income it's an issue of culture we've kind of lost that in our culture. Absolutely
0: you know and I I probably need to walk that back a little bit cuz that sounds bad um as far as you know income quality actually having something to do with cooking. Well I mean I find that just across the the board that people just are having a difficult time home cooking or maybe don't have a desire as much right. anymore yeah. Right. I
1: mean Without getting too political, there's, I mean, there's theres a lot of cheap food that's just not good for you. I mean, you can go to mm-hmm. McDonald's and you can go to a lot of places and get a lot of calories and eat very, very fast, and it, it doesn't cost much. And then there can be a barrier to getting high-quality food that needs to be mm-hmm. stored, and that you need to prepare, and you need to have time to prepare, and you need to know how to prepare. So I, I do think that there are barriers there. I think that that's yeah. an excellent resource to have things
0: like books or classes or... Right. Whatever. What do you mean the WIC program having, right. but being able to use that at the farmer's market, I think is a great, right. a great thing to do.
2: Right. And I think one thing that has shown is there is this idea that some people have that people who have a low income don't make good choices. Yeah. And that's absolutely false. People who have a low income, are no different than people that have a high income, except they didn't get lucky, they didn't have access to the resources, whatever it was, it has nothing to do with their these other ideas that, that I think sometimes get shared. And certainly this program has demonstrated that there is a, a high demand for it. Mm-hmm. And it's been a bit challenging in some ways only in regards to perception because there are people who believe that if you have a low income you should get the cheapest food possible, mm-hmm. to your point about these highly processed, very inexpensive foods. Right. And you know, the first good thing to remember is there is no such thing as cheap food. It may be less out of our own pocket to pay for highly processed food, but the cost is coming from somewhere, whether it's the impoverished farm labor, whether it's the environment, the manure lagoons, the algae blooms, or our healthcare system. The cost is being paid somewhere and people coming to the market and getting really healthy food that they enjoy eating mm-hmm. and potentially preparing really is a good thing, and especially with the children, because the food is, it, it tastes good. So children actually, this whole mythology of children don't like vegetables, no, they don't like crappy vegetables. <laughs> You no, know, but it's who funny.
0: does? No, seriously. My, I was raised with canned vegetables. Oh, my ahead. father, yeah. my father loved like canned vegetables. That's what he was raised with, I, and that he was a he was an element or a product of the industrial age, where everything was better through indu- industry. And for me, yeah. I was like, I didn't know what a good vegetable tasted like until I got on my home. Right, you know, it was and that's fascinating. yeah.
1: I mean, I I was so happy when we had canned corn because canned corn is the one that sort of holds up.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> it's sweet enough. Yeah, exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. it does hold yeah. texture better sure. than
1: because yeah, yeah. canned beans are just oh, it's nasty. just it's mush. And yeah. um, so I, yeah, I kind of grew up the same way where we didn't have a lot of fresh vegetables. Um, and I think it's the same thing on the on the tail end of growing up where my mother's family had to do gardening in their own home in order to to make ends meet. Yeah, then that was a lot of work. And then if you're able to jump from that into this very cheap fast way of doing it where you have to save all this time and have free time, it's like there's a balance in there mm-hmm. and then you, you all of a sudden wind up with kids who grew up eating canned carrots or whatever right. and it's just like, well, you know, you, you don't have an appreciation for that as you grow yeah. up For and I think that's, in my opinion, part of why kids take such a hard time for like, oh, they're not going to want to eat that.
2: Yeah, uh, you're absolutely <laughs> right and and I, I and it, it's somewhat guilty way, not entirely guilty, I, I blame the little girl from shake and bake. Oh yeah. And I
0: helped. Yeah. yeah and I had,
2: <laughs> right. And the whole idea was, first of all, you make pretty good fried chicken, but dang, what did, what happened today? Because mm-hmm. whoever it is, general mills or, you know, they, they nailed it. Right. And so the first thing that they taught was we, as a giant corporation can do it better than you can. Mm-hmm. Your body, your, your, family will appreciate what we're doing more. And it's so easy, a a child can do it. Mm -hmm. And it really took the, you know, there was so much focus on individual productivity. All of a sudden, cooking is no longer, it's no longer a noble pursuit. It wasn't
0: enjoyable either. I remember my my mother worked and, you Mm -hmm. know, and my father worked and you know, it was more of like that convenience was really yeah. something that just sold right. her. It was like shake and bake and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. it was this idea of better living through science back then. It was, at least in my estimation, mm-hmm. like the industry will, will solve this issue mm-hmm. and will make it so efficient that you'll still love it and it'll still be good. But really, it wasn't that good. To be fair, like <laughs> yeah. fried chicken is yeah. usually pretty good. Yeah, but Shake and Bake, have you had Shake and Bake? I, not since I was like eight. Yeah. You know, yeah. But like, go, go home and whip some up. Yeah, Yeah. I, but I'm just saying. <laughs> of all the things, you know, like... You're gonna and Shake fight. and Bake
1: is not a sponsor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think that there's a certain amount of backlash, what with things like the, the farmer market, farmers markets that, that happen now. And people want to go and find good food and learn how to do that. And there's cheese making classes, as we learned, going on in Longmont. And there are um, you know, healthy eating communities, slow food boulder. There's, there's things that exist now because people who have gotten to this point in their life and they go, boy, I, I really wouldn't mind connecting with what I'm eating. I, you know, I, I eat out a lot. I work a lot. I, I have to eat lunch in a restaurant if I want to eat something hot every day. That's all I've got. I would like to reconnect with this. So having, again, having those sorts of resources
2: are very cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and
2: I agree wholeheartedly. So how long
0: has the farmers' market been in existence in Boulder County? Do you know?
2: Our our records indicate that the Longmont Farmers' Market started in 1989. And then in (coughs) 2003, Boulder County Farmers' Markets, which started it in the Boulder location, purchased the Longmont Mm. Market, Mm -hmm. which meant really the name, purchasing the name. Oh, okay. And took it over. So we've been operating it for... Sixteen years. Oh wow! Okay.
0: And then what? What are the the requirements? Like, if you you have a, if you are a farmer, a local grower, or maybe outside, what are the requirements? Do you have to have a presence in Boulder County to be at the farmers market, or is there Mm -hmm. some other requirement or that I'm not aware of?
2: Yeah. So we have three classes of members or vendors. There's the farmer member. Then there's packaged goods, which are like granola or hot sauce Mm -hmm. or salsa or chips. And then there's the prepared food that you eat on site. Yeah. Uh, To be a producer at the market, originally you had to be from Boulder County. But not too soon after they founded the organization in 1987, somebody figured out that we don't grow peaches in Boulder County. Mm -hmm. And so then, of course, some of the peach growers were allowed to come over. And so the, the mission kind of morphed. It First of all, it's a growers only market, which means that regardless of where you come from, you have to grow what you sell. Okay. It is paramount that you it's absolutely disallowed that if that you buy something from somebody, even if it's your mother and try to sell it, you cannot do that. And you'll be. Uh, remove from the market if you do. Wow. Okay. Uh, so it's a producer-only market. Now we have most of our growers are concentrated here in Boulder County, a little bit further east into Weld County, and then we also have some of the ranching operations in uh, ones in Larimer County, one as far south as almost to Pueblo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's just a thing of availability. It's like if they're offering a product that that isn't immediately isn't in the immediate area, right. then we'll take a look at it. And see yeah, if then it's viable
1: fit. for them to bring it here as opposed to so exactly. like there or having somebody local who
0: could get it here cheaper. Right. And, and is it like a, a circuit thing, like those same people might be at the Boulder, they have a presence in the Boulder <clears throat> Farmers Market, and then they're maybe going to other farmers markets? Is that yes. kind of the economy of scale for them, or is it truly that they're coming to the Longmont Farmers Market and that's maybe the one stop?
2: Yeah, some have their operations really concentrated on this direct to consumer channel, which is a farmers market, CSA, farm stand, and many of those or at least a number of those will go to multiple markets. Mm -hmm. So if you particularly if you look at the fruit producers, Mm -hmm. they are often at in the same day they may be at three, four or five different markets. Because when peaches are ripe, you gotta sell peaches. Yeah. They're, there's not, you know, they're not going to hold over yeah. that long. No,
1: peaches go from, boy, this thing's a rock too. I should have eaten this yesterday in a you know, real hurry. And when they're yeah. good, boy, they yeah, are they're really good. good. <laughs> yeah. And you <laughs> can go through a dozen and you're just uh, like, well, so good. same. Yeah. 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 Then, yeah. So I can understand that where people have to be, make that presence when it's, when it's available. Yeah.
0: So a couple more mm-hmm. questions before we, we turn you loose out in the world here. But um, So this is my one question that always just Brady knows this question. I'm going to say this as delicately as I can. This is like as hard-hitting journalism as we get here. Is, is it a thing that there always has to be folk music at any farmer's market across the country, or can there be other alternative music? <laughs> and you don't have to answer that to put you on the spot but i always think to myself i was in dc and there was an r&b artist that was actually playing some really cool r&b and i'm just thinking to myself does it always have to be crosby stills nash and young
2: when we're in boulder or colorado or can it be something maybe a little different it can certainly be different the and that's not to say we have a lot of different yeah Right, but we do try to diversify the the music a little bit. Boulder gets a different kind of vibe than Longmont does. So Longmont, uh, it's a very different market, right? You have a lot more families, you have uh, maybe a larger older population that's shopping. There seems to be like a lot more shoppers in Longmont. Like people get the value of the market. It's not just an interesting place to hang out. Uh, So, it's trying to figure out how to appeal to these different groups. And we've had bands in the past where, you know, we've had complaints. And, and sometimes, honestly, they, I don't know how they do it. I mean, some of these bands, it's they had to have played Friday night right and it's oh, like geez, yeah. and the cursing just it's like it never stopped <laughs> you know it comes over in the market and it's yeah. like all of a sudden this thing and you're like oh my god maybe you a know, little like, bleary the next yeah. one yeah. Yeah. yeah so r and I like that idea we'll, we'll R&B or R&B. can we have an 80's cover band or nice Duran <laughs> yeah. Band. Oh yeah some flock of seagulls yeah. there you go yeah. so yeah. I
0: just I was just trying to move it I mean, nothing disparaging against people who love folk music, but I just find it really kind of funny. It's like, my wife and I always chuckle about that. It just seems to kind of go hand in hand.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. So I think what we haven't done is talked, like, really about what happens down at the farmer's market. Yeah. Like, like a little primer, and then what makes the Longmont, or, you know, all of the Boulder County farmer's markets stand out. Because what I like going, what I like when you go there is, you, like, they've got the bike valet. And if people right. don't know that, like, Absolutely. that's super cool. fun. You can just sort of wheel down, give right. you a little ticket. Hand your bike off, and you feel really good about yourself because I biked at the farmers market. I bought some yeah. squash or whatever, and I took it home. You know, and I made dinner. Yeah. So what? What else makes yours or makes Longmont stand out?
2: Yeah. So the all of our markets are producer only, which which separates them from most of the other markets in the area. Uh, beyond that, the Longmont market has amazing parking, yes. which yes. is really it's helpful if you're buying a lot. Like, we want people to buy a lot, but it is hard to walk or take it on the bus or potentially even bike, although nowadays you can get a lot on your bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we do have that that bike valet, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a, a great group that comes down to do that. We also have Longmont Food Rescue comes and, oh, yeah. and gleans food from... All of the vendors, if they have anything available to give, and then that gets redistributed to organizations that serve individuals in need. Yeah, that's that's very cool. That's a really cool mission. My my
1: wife told me about them, and that that's wild, and that's great that they're getting support again from quality food growers. You know, people
0: passionate in producing good food, not that you have to eat processed, yeah. the cheapest thing on the market. I, I, I really like that. Yeah, I mean, for me, at least as an outlier, and maybe I'm incorrect here, but but when I think of the Boulder Farmer's Market, I think it's more of like a, it's more of a kind of a, a cool ancillary thing to do when you're at the Pearl Street Mall or maybe something mm-hmm. like that. It's kind of a day thing. It's part of your day experience. Whereas Longmont is like, I'm going to drop in, I'm going to get some fruits and vegetables, and I'm gonna leave and there is you know obviously there's some music and then there's prepared food and people can make an experience out of it but I just love the fact that it seems like it's more producer centric maybe I'm wrong here but it seems like boulders a little bit more kind of prepared and and like prepackaged I should not say prepackaged it sounds negative but there's more products it seems like than there are necessarily producers is that fair to say or am I just totally off the mark
2: your, your, your feeling is not off the mark. Yeah. So the, at all of our markets, we try to make sure about 60 to 70% of the linear footage is taken up by producers. Yeah. Uh, but Boulder just gets so many more people. Yeah. And so, like we were talking about earlier, the purchases per customer are significantly higher in Longmont than they are in Boulder. Because there's more people in Boulder who are going to come from the mall... Pearl Street Mall and walk down and get a coffee and a croissant and walk around and maybe mm-hmm. catch up with a friend, go get some noodles, all of which is fantastic. Yeah. But they're not necessarily shopping from the farmers. And and I think you're right that in Longmont, people are more, they are more producer mm-hmm. focused and really value what the producers Well, bring. you have to, I
0: mean, you have to like want to go to the farmer's market in Longmont because there is really nothing ancillary That's right. to do. Outside of that, I mean, you could go to yeah. Home Depot if you had to, I suppose, but you get killed yeah. walking across the exactly. street. <laughs> yeah. <And> yeah. Accidental <laughs> foot traffic is relatively low yeah. at the long exactly. run. Nobody's market. like kind of walking around and all of a sudden going, yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Market. Yeah. Pop, yeah. 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 So, what else have we not asked you about that you'd really like to know, have the listeners to know about farmers markets, be it you know, Boulder, Longmont, whatever.
2: Yeah, I think the, well, one of the things I wanted to mention in terms of what happens in Longmont that doesn't happen at our other markets is uh, four times a year we do these produce festivals. So there's the stone fruit festivals. Mm-hmm. There's a typically a carrot day. There's a pepper day. There's some, I forget the other day. And we, we have like face painters and we have tattoos for the kids and usually a pinata gets a little hairy out there with the pinatas, so that kind of comes and goes as we're feeling brave about it. Uh, But there's like, there are some cooking demos, there's sampling, there's voting, there's awards, and it's a great way to get introduced like the Radish Festival. You know, there's like 15, 20 different varieties of radishes at the market during season. And so many people are blown away that you taste them side by side and you can really taste all these differences. But I think one of the most important things is really realizing that when when you have a producer only market, the farmers are there, and that opportunity to connect not only with the food but with the farmer and just they're like this energetic connection to the earth, and as non farmers we get to deepen our connection to where our food came from just through this relationship and I think that's what makes it so amazing and and the one of the outcomes of that is that it feels really safe you okay. know it's it it's not just a transactional environment it's not like the mall yeah yeah it's different and people do go and see their friends and they talk and they make new friends and they it's kind of like where I feel we make little connections that build us as a community mm-hmm. it's not that we have this amazing you're my soulmate. I had no idea. It's, hey, how are you doing? And then it happens the next week. Mm-hmm. And then you see the same person at the coffee shop and you're like, oh, didn't I run into you? Yeah. And, and now we have some familiarity that actually feels humane. And it kind of, you know, I think it's really neat at its
0: core. It really is kind of creating community too as well. It's not just about like buying stuff. I usually say transactional. It's about right. creating community.
2: Right. Which is why I just want to add, I think the food access programs are so important because often those individuals who are working two jobs to try to make ends meet or having trouble making ends meet or single parents, whatever their situation is, they can feel very marginalized as members of the community. Mm -hmm. And this is really an invitation to come down and be part of the community. You know, just participate in this completely indiscriminate environment that doesn't there's no discussion of how much people make. Well, how do they vote? You know, where do they worship? None of that happens there. It's mm-hmm. just, hey, I see you looking at that eggplant. Like, what do you do with that thing? Yeah. And people connect in a in a very unguarded way, and I think it's really valuable for our community, any community, uh, and it's beautiful in Longmont. I need to go to the awesome. farmers market more often. I know. She yeah, wise. you do. You, do. you, you don't do. have to be so lonely. No, that's right. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Nice, nice. Uh, One last question.
0: I'm sorry, I can't help but ask this one too, but I'm really trying to spur interest in kohlrabi because I think it's an underappreciated vegetable. You and I must be related. Yeah. Because people are just like, my wife laughs at me, and I'm like, I want to make it the new kale. So if you can help me with that, I'd really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, listen, kohlrabi is one of the most amazing vegetables. It is so delicious, right? They're like sweet and kind of crunchy. It's like a cross between a turnip and jicama in its own way. I eat it raw with a little bit of olive oil and salt. And it's, look, we just can't plant enough kohlrabi.
0: Good. You know what? I am so glad because my wife Sandy, see, told you it's an amazing vegetable. So yes, I, hear I like this. the way That's that great. Eric
1: yeah. works his, his marriage. See,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> on here, <laughs> recorded for perpetuity. Exactly. See so, how you know, I'm right. Exactly. I'm
0: here to support you. That's that right. Yeah. No. Well, Brian, thanks He's so right much Sammy. for very much for joining us today. Of we course, really it was my pleasure. It. And thanks Thank for all you.
2: you do at the farmers market. Thank you.
0: Well that was really great to hear from Brian and hear everything that the farmers market is all about and you know, not from you know, I think the esoterically you just kinda of look at it and just go, Oh, they're just you know, they're just hawking vegetables and you know, selling vegetables, but it's much deeper than that. Like yeah. there's a community connection and I grew this radish. Yeah. And uh, you know the WIC program. I mean, just allowing yeah. I shouldn't say allowing, but providing an opportunity for people. Yeah, there's to a buy lot of great
1: community uh, connections that are going on there that you might not know about. So yeah. it is a—it's a fairly robust market. There's a lot going on, a lot to do, a lot to see, um, and a lot going on behind the scenes. Absolutely.
0: Uh, all right, let's get to events. So I have tapas and tasty bites for the big game. Again, uh, trademark, so we got to say the big game. You know, we've already blown it already, so the NFL will come after us. So we're going to get a DMCA
1: uh, complaint. we exactly
0: Friday, January 24th uh, at the Kitchen Company. Uh, there's one thing that can make your big game days even more fun, and that's having some great snacks on hand to share with friends and family. Spanish tapas. tapas sorry, Spanish tapas. Tapas. Yeah are all the rage here as far as what they're going to be cooking. And they've got meatballs with a Moroccan twist and lots of other things. And, again, that's over at the Kitchen Company, I do 464
1: love, Main Street. I, I do love it. that. Like, the NFL has gone through all this branding work, and they're like, but don't use our name. Exactly. Yeah. Don't use our yeah. name. Yeah. Keep it out of your mouth. <laughs> all right. I've got the introduction to ice f- fishing on um, February 1st at uh, Stanton
0: State Park. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Right?
1: Yeah. And they're like, have you ever wanted to try ice fishing but didn't know where to start? Are you new to ice fishing and looking for some tips to help catch more fish? Then this is the class for you. Uh, so this is, uh, oof, you're going to want to look this up. twelve one hundred two South Elk Creek Pond, February 1st, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, have you ever gone ice fishing?
0: A long time ago. Yeah. 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 I remember uh, going when I was a, a yeah. wee thing. It's a Minnesota thing. Yeah. Um, Midwestern thing. <laughs> great but you know i'm not really sure i i don't love to be freezing cold all the time
1: (laughs) this is i mean this would have been back in the 80s before i think ice fishing really grew into its full stature because now i think you get like a portable house that you take out and have a little shindig on the water watch your ball game drink some brews and then you know if you catch a fish that's awesome yeah
0: but well and and again you know in minnesota you know you got that really frozen waterland you know to to partake in that in colorado we we really don't have too many places where you can actually go we can learn about safely it here. Yeah. safely ice fishing but yeah. um quarters one year anniversary woohoo hey february 1st 2020 11 a.m to midnight um come celebrate our first anniversary with us on saturday february 1st we'll be releasing a new membership program adding a new game tapping a custom quarters cocktail from long tucky and having drink specials video game character appearances food and giveaways hey Cool. Pretty awesome. Yeah, Congratulations for really that. Pretty cool. Uh,
1: yeah, as uh, as the Longmont Corridor gets more established, I'm happy to see we have these anchor businesses, as they're called. Yeah, I get, agree. Get established. Because you do worry. I agree. Uh,
0: yeah. I agree. All right, Brady, thanks for uh, another uh, wonderful podcast. Yeah, thanks, uh, Eric. Thanks. I had a blast at the the farmer's market. You homes. had a blast? It's like you're partying? Yeah, boom, boom. Yeah, shake, right. shake the room. All right, so thanks to Trent Hawthorne with Lovely uh, Music for Your Week. And thanks to Andy Epler for our intro music. And find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. And again, reach out to us at info at org.
1: Don't forget to rate us on whatever the iTunes things. You got yeah. Please
0: rate us. It'll <laughs> help us uh, a lot.